morning, Sam. All right, uh, pick it up and carry on there. Uh, the difference between prosecutorial discretion and prosecutorial veto, so-called. Yeah, and look, man, I think that just my take on prosecutorial discretion, as you said, is a case-by-case, very fact-specific um, determination. We have to look at everything you possibly can imagine about a case. That includes the defendant, the victim, you know, the harm, all those sort of things before we make a determination about whether or not we will proceed, whether we will dismiss the case, whether we'll offer to put the case in pre-trial diversion, some sort of accountability court. There's a lot of decisions, but in my opinion, those decisions must be made on these specific facts and circumstances. I think when we get in the business of saying we're not going to prosecute an entire body of law, we're essentially making ourselves super legislators, which is which is not our role. And I just don't think that's appropriate for a prosecutor to do, even an elected prosecutor. Now, historically, and I'm reminded that historically we did see examples of this, for example, in fugitive slave laws. There would be cases where prosecutors in enslaved states even, and, and, and even in northern states, you're supposed to prosecute them and return them and so forth. Uh, they, they took the same stance then, 100-some-odd, 150-some-odd years ago. This isn't evidently brand new. No, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think there has, and again, I'm not, I understand there's DAs across, there's some in Georgia and some across the country that take a different view than I do. Um, but again, I think if, you know, DAs also have the ability to go talk to our state regis- legislators and state reps and tell them that, you know, this law is ridiculous. We don't think we should go, you, know, you need to change it in a, in a situation, as opposed to just blanketly saying, regardless of a endless, infinite number of scenarios, no matter what happens, we won't, won't do anything with that law. I just don't think that's appropriate. I think we are, there's separation of powers, and I think that's crossing those lines. And, and what you have written in talking about this, you're saying it's difficult for you as a prosecutor, Randy McGinley, again, the prosecutor in Newton and Walton counties, difficult for you to imagine saying that you wouldn't prosecute a case you haven't seen. Right, and that's the thing is, I mean, we're basically being asked to, uh, you know, and the reason I wrote that was that AJC had reached out to me and a number of other prosecutors. They, you know, frustratingly to me, only published one side of this, um, I guess, disagreement. Um, but you're right. I mean, I, we can't hypothetically imagine every scenario possible, and that's the the problem. We have to understand what the facts and circumstances are before we actually actually make a decision. Well, now that's kind of analogous to the the kind of testimony that we hear when these nominees are in front of the Supreme Court. Uh, how would you rule on Roe v. Wade? They would sometimes be asked the question directly, and they would give that answer. I can't rule on a case that isn't in front of me. I'm not going to decide Roe v. Wade. I'll decide some other case related to it, Dobbs in the case of Mississippi. And, and that was kind of the same answer a good many of the justices would give on any number of hypotheticals. They don't generally engage or like to engage in hypotheticals, but you can't decide a case preemptively if you hadn't seen the case. Right. It's very similar to that. I mean, judges historically have uh, – they're not supposed to rule on something unless it's right, but there's actually a controversy. I guess the rightness is a legal term, um, and judges are not supposed to rule on something unless there's an actual case in front of them. It's inappropriate for them to comment as a judge about what they would hypothetically do in a situation. Um, you know, my take on this is, is not far from, from that. It's just that we should make determinations based on a case-by-case basis, and – some of that that may mean to you know proceed forward and prosecute, but it also may be that we decide not to go forward. Um, but again, it's if we think we know of every single possible scenario, that's a little um, I don't know what the word is it, presumptuous, I guess. Mm. 
there's always new things that happen every single day. Again, Randy, I should have mentioned, uh, we did, uh, upon receipt of the statement from Deborah Gonzalez a week ago, the attorney, uh, district attorney for Clark and Oconee Counties, the Western Circuit, she sends out a statement, I'm not going to prosecute these cases. There's a national figure, something like 84 prosecutors around the country who said the same thing. I, I reached out, would she like to come on and discuss? She has not. I mean, we, that's what we do. We reach out to the people of all views and have not heard from them, uh, and maybe at some point she'll be willing to discuss this. Meantime, and help me understand this too, Randy McGinley, as a lawyer, as a prosecutor, somebody who understands the way this is supposed to work. I have made the point, and I think I'm on point in saying this, the Supreme Court didn't really decide abortion. In fact, it didn't decide abortion at all. What it decided was jurisdiction. Which government entity is going to have jurisdiction over these types of laws? They're looking specifically at a law passed by the legislature in Mississippi. Could have just as easily picked Georgia's law. But they're looking at a state law and determining whether it is within that state's purview to pass such a law. That's a jurisdictional question. It's not really a question about the merits or the morality of abortion. Right. And I think... I mean, in fairness, it's a 255-page pages of total opinions on both sides. You know, to try to digest that entirety is very difficult to do. But generally, my read is, is, is that is that they have essentially the Supreme Court says we're not getting involved in making that decision. It needs to be made by the legislators. You know, in a democratic process, um, that's how it should be decided. And that was to your point earlier. If if Deborah Gonzalez and these other district attorneys have specific complaints about specifically Georgia's law, which is the one they would at some point be asked to enforce as prosecutors, take it up with the legislature. Right. I mean, again, as prosecutors, we are not legislators. There should be a difference between those roles. We should not be doing, in my opinion, we should not be doing both. And and help me understand too, to the extent that you might. And I know you you don't you don't deal with this stuff on a daily basis. You're putting killers away and drug traffickers away. But my understanding of the law that Georgia passed, it was enjoined. There was a federal judge who stepped in and said, "You cannot enforce this law." That injunction is still in place, is it not? I, that's my understanding. Is even even when the Supreme Court makes a ruling, the U.S. Supreme Court makes a ruling, there's still some period of time that the other courts have to deal with, you know, that new opinion. Um, And that's not something that's done typically, you know, very quickly. We'll just put it that way. I mean, the court system is not, as you know, I mean, it's it's a slow system at times. And and so, yeah, my understanding is the Georgia law itself is still enjoined. And I want to circle back to really quickly. We'll let you go on this one, Randy McGinley. You tell me the AJC reached out to you as as it was reporting on things that prosecutors are saying about their approaches on this particular ruling. They reached out to you and other prosecutors, and and at the end of that, I hadn't seen it, but you're telling me they only printed the one side of the story here didn't get any input from you folks? Well, I think they got input. I just don't think there was anything published. And again, (laughs) if they've run something, you know, last night, then I apologize. I'm wrong. You know, if they ran something (laughs) morning or late last night, then I, then I missed that. But, no, I mean, it, there was a number of things from, you know, people that I guess have an opposing view from what I have that were published. Yeah. And my understanding is they reached out to a number of DAs across the state, and I know others shared their opinions as well, but I don't believe any of those were actually um, – yeah, okay. I'm picking myself up off the floor, having fallen down in surprise there, uh, Randy McGinley. Well. <laughs> Randy McGinley. Uh, again, the Alcove Judicial Circuit, Newton and Walton County is right next door. Thanks for your time this morning. Best of luck moving forward. Anytime, Tim. Thank you.